conscious couples, business partners, and singles committed to attracting their dream partner, welcome to the Conscious Couples Podcast, where we share our life, love story, and combined relationship expertise to help you create and consistently cultivate the most magnificent, intimate relationship possible. Never again will you feel hopeless and alone in your intimate relationship challenges. Having accumulated thousands of hours coaching conscious couples and individuals all over the world, as well as starting and growing a global business together, Alan and I are here to guide you and all things relationships. Thank you again for tuning into the one place where it's not about you or me. It's about the the we. Conscious couples and individuals from all over the world, welcome back to the one and only Conscious Couples Podcast, the Conscious Couples Podcast. For episode number 79 today, we have, is your partner insecure? And the answer to that question is yes, we all are. (laughs) It just depends on in what areas, right? Everyone I've ever met, anyone I've ever coached, anyone I've ever studied, contemplated myself, others, everyone I've ever met is insecure in some area. There is no such thing as a fully secure, all-knowing, all-capable, competent being. Before we jump into this episode, we want to thank Next Level Podcast Solutions for producing this show, audio, video, and the rest. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We really appreciate it, as well as the other 44 or 45 other shows that you produce. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Sweetheart, before we jump into this episode, is your partner insecure? Episode number 79. What is your intention? My intention for our listeners for this episode is actually pretty simple. It's to help create the dialogue and space for that dialogue around insecurities. Because like you mentioned at the very beginning, everyone has insecurities and it doesn't have to be that big scary monster underneath the bed that we never want to look at or touch or go near. So I want to help our listeners create space for the dialogue around insecurities. The irony about insecurities... Have you ever been in a conversation with someone and you'll say, you know, listen, I want to share something with you, but I don't want it to offend you. And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, no, you couldn't offend me if you tried. I never get offended. Mm -hmm. And then you tell them the thing and they're like, no, 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 I'm not offended. I'm not offended at all. Yeah, your reaction is making it very clear that you're not offended. The irony of this whole thing is that the more I've grown and developed as a man, the more I've admitted my insecurities, the more I've owned them and worked on them, the less insecure I am. And the most insecure I ever have been is when I didn't want to, when I didn't think I was insecure. So the irony of this whole thing is that the people who claim to be the least insecure are actually the most deeply insecure. Yeah. Just because you shoved the beach ball super far down underneath the water does not mean that that beach ball is not driving your behavior. Hmm. I, whenever I hear the word insecurities, I always go back for whatever reason and have the visual of like my middle school picture. You remember how like all of, all of us used to get like school pictures every single year. (laughs) And if you saw them all stacked up, some of them are like, oh, I'm so cute. And then everyone has that, like what we call like ugly phase where it's like, oh man, I wish I never had any pictures taken that time. I want to say it was like my seventh grade time period where it was just like I was in that weird in-between phase and whenever I hear the word insecurity I'm reminded of that version of me that was exactly what you said didn't think that she had any insecurities but 
when I look back from this lens, it's very obvious that that version of me was so insecure. Mm -hmm. And what insecurity is for our listeners, they likely already know, but I think it's important to revisit just the concept of it's, it's a state of being when we're out of security. So all of us have basic human needs. All of us are on a spectrum, like you said at the very beginning. And some of us fall out of that spectrum when our needs aren't being met. Or we're, So like, for example, if we have a love and belonging need, we feel like we need to be love and belong to or with our partners. And when our partners aren't loving us, we might feel insecure. Or let's say, for example, you and your family are getting into an argument that throws off the overall homeostasis that all of us have, which is that even keel feeling that we have when we're feeling good about ourselves, when we don't really feel those insecurities bubbling up. And when that gets thrown off that homeostasis, we are in a state of insecurity. And here's the thing. Insecurity doesn't last forever unless you give it the power to last forever. That's huge. So, babe, to what you said at the very beginning of as you've grown older, you're so wise. I love it. Uh, as you've grown older, you have learned to accept and really like focus in on those insecurities so that you can work through them. You actually, by doing that, that's the irony. You take the power away from the insecurity. You give yourself choice and the option to work through those insecurities in the regard that's adaptive and healthy for you. So that's what I hope our listeners can do more. So to really bring the feeling of insecurity to everyone right now, I want you to imagine two scenarios. The first scenario is someone who is in great shape. They can't wait to take their shirt off at the beach or to get into that bikini. And they're just feeling it. They're loving it. They're lean. They're athletic. They feel great. They're in the best shape of their life. And they look good and they know they look good, but they also feel good about it. Mm -hmm. That is a secure person. We've all been at the beach before where maybe we ate some pizza the night before or maybe we haven't been dieting as well as we'd like or maybe we haven't been as into fitness lately and we don't really want to take off our shirt. Mm. We don't really want to get in that bikini. Maybe we feel insecure when we do take off our shirt or maybe we don't want to be in photos while shirtless or in a bikini. That energy that I'm sharing right now, you can hear it in the tonality of my voice. It's fascinating, love. I'll share this with you briefly and with our listeners. When I was a fitness model, fitness competitor, fitness coach, mm. I talked to Kevin about this recently, my, my other co-host, business partner. I remember getting to a point where I actually felt so good about my body, so good about my physique, so athletic that I actually wanted opportunities to take off my shirt. I wanted opportunities to go to the beach. I wanted opportunities to be able to show my work and my work ethic. And then as we progressed in business, my discipline around fitness had fallen quite a bit because my whole world used to be fitness. And I remember after COVID feeling like, I don't know if I, oh, oh my God, this is insecurity again. I'm insecure again. I don't want to take off my shirt anymore. I don't, I actually am insecure about taking off my shirt. And if you're out there and you're a female, maybe in a bikini, whatever it might be, I hadn't felt that in years. Mm. And I remember that feeling because when I was young growing up, that awkward phase, I didn't hit puberty until in high school, everybody hit puberty basically as freshman and sophomore. And I didn't hit puberty until 
senior year, maybe, mm. <laughs> maybe not even. Yeah. And I remember feeling insecure and you forget over time, you forget what it's like. And then eventually it comes back and you're like, oh yeah, I remember this feeling. So everyone's been there in some regard. Mm. The person who says they have no insecurities is full of shit. The person who says they have no insecurities is lying to themselves and to your face. <laughs> the person who says I do have insecurities and I'm working on them. That person actually ironically is more secure than the person denying that they have any insecurities. So yeah, the story that I have for this is Emilia and I. So last week I was traveling in Pittsburgh. We were in a car for 16 hours of the four days. We, we spoke in Pittsburgh at a convention. It was awesome, but it was traveling. Traveling was challenging. I wasn't sleeping in my bed. I wasn't hydrating as well. We still worked out every day, but a lot of the sleep and the hydration and the mobility fell off. I trained wicked hard with Kevin. Wicked. I trained very hard with Kevin and I ended up pulling my back out. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. I have an eight hour drive home. I get home and I pull my back again. Emilia and I have a new member of the family, a new fur baby. Her name is Tiger Lily. Tilly. So we now have Tucker, Tariel, and Tiger Lily. Tilly for short. She's actually in the studio with us right now, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And she's being very good. Mm -hmm. And while I was away for four days, Emilia was training T3, Tucker, Tariel, and Tiger Lily, T3 for short, mm -hmm. on a whole bathroom system and crate system and, you know, training, training, training. And Emilia is the cat whisperer. It's amazing. <laughs> she can get Tariel and Tiger Lily to do things that I just can't seem to do yet. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, I get home. I'm behind on work. She's behind on work. And I, my back, I'm just, she, you were sick. You weren't feeling well. Yeah. Still in a little bit of that aftermath. Yeah. She's still, speak. still not feeling well right now. And I'm trying to get on the regiment of the schedule. I'm trying to hold Tiger Lily cause she's only five weeks old. So she's this little tiny kitten while I let Tucker out. While I make sure Tariel goes to her litter box, but also doesn't go outside cause she's an indoor cat. And I'm also having trouble doing this because my back is killing me and I don't feel super physically capable. Mm. And so I'm trying to get on your level and I definitely am not competent enough to do that with my back. And so I had a snippy moment, what I would call a snippy moment with Emilia where I was unkind and I reflected on it. I got upstairs to my office. I was like, all right, that wasn't very kind. That wasn't very nice. So you were actually in the shower, sweetheart. And I came and I apologized and I gave you kisses. And Super sweet. We were, we were good after that. But why was, I was reflecting, why was I unkind? What was that about? Mm -hmm. That's not me. That's not like me. What was that about? That was unkind. That was uncalled for. Yeah. And that snippy moment, we don't like to be snippy with each other. Uh, for you, we call it prickly. Every now yeah. and then you'll be prickly. I get prickly. Prickly. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so I could make excuse. My back hurts, blah, blah, blah. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I've been on the road. doesn't matter. I was insecure about not being physically capable mm -hmm. and being incompetent with the babies, with the fur babies, with T3. And I took it out on her because I was feeling insecure in that moment. And I had to reflect on it and realize, okay, I am. And I told Emilia this. I said, sweetheart, I get a little bit insecure when when I'm not physically capable. I, I tie a lot of my worth 
to being physically, I want to be the most holistically freak athlete. I, it matters to me so deeply. Mm -hmm. Now that's a core value and that's great. But what does that mean when you are injured? Can't you still have value? Aren't you still good enough or whatever it is? And the point is, is that when we are insecure and overwhelmed, we hurt the people we love. And we want to make sure that people in this episode understand their insecurities, understand their partner's insecurities, and make sure you understand each other's insecurities so that you can at least navigate this more effectively. Hi, everybody. I'm Caleb, and this is my beautiful wife, Angela. Uh, we're pretty new clients to Al and Amelia and their conscious couples coaching. Yeah, I think we started back in early 2022, around February, and our relationship has completely shifted in a few short months. I think one of the biggest takeaways from working with them was our communication, which I believe is an obstacle for most couples. Um, I was talking to Ange in a way that I would understand, but it wouldn't connect her, which caused some arguments, but Al and Amelia were able to point that out, and now I can talk to her how she's going to understand she can do the same for me. Yes, our communication went is way better than um, it's ever been. We've been together for about six years now, and as well as just really figuring out what our core values personally are, but as well as what they are um, in our relationship. So being able to communicate from that space is really valuable. So thank you, Alan and Amelia, for everything you've done and for leading the way. Yeah, and I was prickly in that too, which didn't help because I was insecure, i.e. out of my security needs my physiological needs. So I hadn't gotten great sleep. I hadn't gotten, you know, overall like a, a good amount of hydration in just because there was so many different factors. So I think when we talk about insecurities, we're just like a lot of things come to mind when it comes to not necessarily our basic human needs. If we're thinking of like Maslow's hierarchy, but here's the thing. I was insecure of my basic needs. So I ended up having less resourcefulness to be able to extend myself in your times of insecurity. So I end up becoming what I call the prickly pear, which is like, no matter how you turn the situation, there's like a prickle that kind of like pokes you a little bit. And I'm not as kind and loving and warm and compassionate. And I think that when it comes to this episode for all of our listeners, helping to create the dialogue towards that intention is when are you finding yourself being a little bit prickly or when are you finding yourself being a little bit unkind to what Alan had mentioned? Likely what's underneath that is the insecurity. So it was interesting because I was trying to write down what are Alan's top three insecurities. And I only did that after I wrote down what are my top three insecurities. And I think that that's a really great exercise for all of our listeners to do because it helps us reflect upon what are those areas that we are consciously aware of that are insecurities. And then when you can do that and have that discussion and kind of exchange notes, if you will, you can tap into that 360 degree view of, babe, what have you observed are my biggest insecurities? That's where the gold is. Because we are so used to being us, it's hard to see the whole picture when we're in the frame. Yeah. And so, for example, if I give a speech, you can observe that I'm insecure because you're so used to me behind the scenes being secure. Right. And you, as the speaker, might not feel like you were very insecure because you your ego was driving or your protectors were driving or you were unconscious. You were maybe so overwhelmed in the moment that you don't realize how insecure you were. Yeah. 
And when we get insecure, we have these, and this is what I wrote down, we have these overcorrections. I talk about the turtle and the pufferfish. Whenever the pufferfish gets threatened, it puffs up and pretends to be stronger than it really is because it's so scared to get eaten. Mm -hmm. And the turtle, same deal, but it shells up instead. And so do you go dominant or do you go docile? In the moment when I was unkind with Emilia, I, I went overly dominant. And I let my ego drive and I was snippy. And that can destroy your relationship if you let that happen enough. Yeah. And also if you don't have those aftermath apologies too, mm-hmm. because that's kind of like the, uh, another visual is like a string. And strings to Alan and I always are what is channeling the energy of our love towards one another. And it's always constant. When you have an unkind moment or a prickly moment, it can kind of snip away at a string. And if you don't apologize for that behavior that maybe is out of integrity with your own values, out of integrity with the values of the we in your relationship, out of even integrity with your vows and how you want to treat one another, you know, an apology can be so important to bring back that healing towards that string or that imperfect moment. And we all have imperfect moments. So having self, having the humility to have self-awareness that that was an imperfect moment and then having the courage to go and apologize afterwards is so, so critical because it's not only like these moments stacking up of insecurity or unkindness or prickliness can really hurt the relationship and that can combine to create such a wedge in the relationship. But then if there's no care afterwards of here's that prickly moment and there's no apology, it's just left untouched that can like accelerate whatever is already underneath being swept underneath the rug. And then the wedge gets bigger. And we've seen that with couples all the time. And that is where a lot of the work, you know, it's, it's, it might be tough to get around your ego at that moment. Like I know you and I had a moment last night where my ego like had a degree of self-awareness that it was, it was like, Oh my God, he needs an apology right now. And it's important for me to give that more than it is important for me to just be right in this moment or just be so self-righteous. So there are moments where you have to get over your ego to deliver that apology when you are insecure and the behavior that results while you're insecure. If you do create those wedges and don't have the humility, courage, and vulnerability to go apologize after, it actually makes both partners more insecure. Truth. Which then makes all of those things more likely to keep occurring. Yeah. Versus an apology where you can kind of reset and get back to neutral Mm. and it actually dissipates insecurity because now at least, you know, you can handle the storm. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I know we want to lead by example. I saw your watch went off. Love. Does that mean that we're out of time? Yeah, we're coming up on it. Okay. Real quick before we go, I want us to lead by example. So you had come up with the three. Can we share those just to give our our listeners some ideas? So my biggest, my top, my top, my biggest, my three biggest insecurities that I self self identified in this exercise was number one, outgrowing people. I have big goals, big dreams, big aspirations, and I'm a highly creative person. So I'm always going towards an achievement and outgrowing people in that journey has always been a big pain point for me. So that's my biggest one. Number two is being too smart to connect. I've always used big words. I've always known a lot. I've always had a ton of self-awareness. I love education. I love growing. I love personal development and being aware. And 
erudite being my number one value, which is having more wisdom, more knowledge for the purpose of serving the world. That's always been something around a lot of people that has um, prevented me from connecting. I would oh, say. Well, just to bring this to our listeners, erudite is a word most people don't even know what that means. Yeah. And a lot of people that are insecure about their own intelligence will get triggered by that. Yeah. And then they'll lash out at Emilia at times. And I've felt that way a lot of times yeah. as well. So you continue. actually brought that word to me and I got so excited. Yeah. Um, Thank and you, that Divergent Series. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then my third is my physical capabilities. Yeah. If I don't feel like I'm strong, if I don't feel like I can take care of myself, I get extremely insecure too, because then I have to rely upon someone else. And I struggle to communicate what my needs are to the exact fine ballpoint pen exactness. And I can get really insecure about that. So when I listed Alan's, what I have perceived as Alan's biggest insecurities, and this will be cool to kind of see if you believe it to be true and on point, but at least what I've observed is number one, his physical capability. So this is actually my number three is his number one. If he's in any way, shape or form physically impaired, like his world flips upside down. Number two is outgrowing people, which is very similar to my number one. Um, Alan's also extremely smart, extremely motivated, passionate, and aware, and always wants to serve people. And when people don't want to continue along the journey of learning and growing, that can be really painful. And I think that that has brought a ton of insecurity in the love and belonging sector of Maslow's hierarchy. So number three is what he used actually is shining. Um, I've observed that when Alan will go and do a speech, a speech or talk on a topic that he is extraordinarily gifted, competent, aware at and has amazing communication skills to be able to deliver to the world. When he's teaching like math, for example, he'll get extremely insecure and I can see it in him. And that's really where, from my perspective, he is just so unhinged. He's shining and he's being the best, most elevated, tapped in, unburdened, potential of his self. And that's a really scary, scary place to be if, if you're someone like Alan, if you are Alan. Um, and that's what I've observed about my baby when he's shining. It's a really scary place because there are a lot of people that will villainize and that will be the crab in the bucket that will try to tear him down. I do want to make it clear to all of our listeners. Thank you, sweetheart, for sharing that. I want to make it clear to all of our listeners that if you're listening right now, have you ever had a song playing in your head? You couldn't get your song out of your head. I think everyone has a song playing in their head. And the song that's stuck in your head is either you are amazing, you've got this, you can do it, you're optimistic, it's all going to work out. Or the other song is you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, it's never going to work out pessimism, pessimism, pessimism. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's a lot in between those two. But at the end of the day, if those insecurities didn't resonate with you, it's because the song playing in your head is most likely, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good looking enough. I'm not capable enough. I'm not competent enough. That kind of thing. For me, when it comes to my physical capabilities, I never felt super great about them Mm -hmm. as a kid. So I obviously have insecurity there. Whereas the other insecurities are actually, I'm too smart or I'm too competent or I'm too hardworking or whatever. So there's the too much insecurities, too much for others insecurities. And then there's the not enough insecurities. So I just wanted to bucket them real quick. Most people mostly have not enough insecurities. And I do want to make it clear that 
uh, you and I have more too much insecurities than we do not enough insecurities. So if that didn't resonate, that's why. It doesn't mean that you're not just as insecure as we are, <laughs> just in a different way. Yeah, the too muchers versus the not enoughers. It's, yeah. it's not a versus. It's we all, it's the same. We're spectrum. all too muchers and not enoughers, but we tend to be more too muchers in our genius zones in the things we are really capable at. Yeah. And we feel not enough in other arenas. So it's a whole thing. It is a whole thing. Maybe that's another episode. But before Definitely. we go, we have something called Relationship Talks Coaching, which is basically couples therapy plus goals. It's couples therapy toward goals and aspirations. So that's the quickest way that I can plug that. Okay. And it click the link in the show notes and you can book on our calendar. Additionally, you'll see another link for our free live virtual event that we're going to host on August 17th. This is our number 26. So 26 events that we've done all to help conscious couples just like you help to overcome whatever challenges you're going through. So no two months are the same. And this month's topic is going to be how to work through uncomfortable truths with your partner. How fitting. So this is if you struggle to deliver those truths, what we call them truth bullets, we're going to get into those in the event. If you struggle to really express your needs, wants, desires, and those truths that you need to address in your relationship, this is going to be an amazing event for you because we're going to go through the how and the why and the, the tangible skill sets that you can bring into your relationship that will help you overcome truth and come closer together intimately as a couple focusing on the goals of the we after that event. So we hope to see you there. We would love for you to join us. You don't have to put your your camera on, your mic on. You can literally just listen in, get around people that are trying to protect the love, the we at the same time. We would love to see you there. That is a wrap. Episode number 79. Is your partner insecure? Yes, we all are. Just ask yourself where and when and how, and you will be able to navigate these things far better. As always, it's not about you or me. It's about the, the we. we. We'll talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Conscious Couples Podcast. We love connecting with the Conscious Couples community, so please make sure you follow us on Instagram. I am at Evolve with Amelia, and Alan is a Lazarus88. Also, if you or your partner resonated with this episode, leave us a review at the link in the show notes, and please share this with someone you love and care about. Until next time, remember, it's not about you or me. It's about the we.